You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on lines the deep left field. It is gone. It went deep right. Batista's going to wave goodbye. Start the fireworks show. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 146. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and on this week's episode, the Indians played a preseason game against the Pirates. We'll talk about that. Zach Plezak looked pretty great in said game. Bradley Zimmers looked good before that, playing against his own team. Talk about some of the changes he's made and whether it can actually stick in, in the majors when he plays this year. And we'll look at um, an article from The Athletic about the new stat cast measurements and how they might not be as reliable as we had hoped. Um, and then we'll, of course, answer your questions. So join me for all that more is another Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how I'm you doing? great. You didn't even let me finish the thing, Merritt. I did. I'm just so excited. <laughs> just jazzed up, man. I watched real, not real, real baseball, but, you know, closest we get in the last um, forever times. Look, I liked Korean baseball well enough. All right. I watched some, but it's just not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Boys. It's like the, uh, it's like comfort food. It's not quite, it's still good. It's just not the right. same. Right, it, it, the the comfort food might not even be as good, but no, it's comfortable. It's, it's and like eating, it's like eating yeah. a big can of Dinty Moore beef stew. <laughs> that mm. should be the Major League Baseball's marketing angle. <laughs> Do you like better than Dinty Moore beef stew? Ooh, really? All right, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the biggest thing about that game is that it felt like, with all the weirdness going on, and even though everybody had masks, there were tents in the outfield or in the the stands. It just felt still like a real baseball game, which was the most important thing even though it was the pirates broadcast which i wrote down notes for a section to talk about my first was pirates broadcast sucks because good lord <laughs> i think um i think it was francisco cervelli somebody was filling in for was the main color was? guy okay i'm pretty sure because it was a catcher and he talked about oh was it mchenry what's his name oh my god he had the best nickname for as fort mchenry uh baseball because they, they showed fort him on McHenry. the camera and like by the way i love how Due to social distancing requirements, they have to get these wider lenses now for whenever they show the <laughs> the broadcast booth, and they're just on the opposite ends of this big empty space. It's really great. It really balances out the screen very well. <laughs> they're just yelling back and forth at each they other. They got to get like a plant to put in the middle, just to just to center everything or something, you know, like sculpture. <laughs> We're gonna miss the Rick Manning slide into the thing when um, I know it's, was it, it's really sad. Was it Michael McHenry? Uh, it might have been. I thought it was Francisco Cervelli, but it, I don't know. Honestly, Michael. it could have been. It was It was uh, Michael McKenna. I don't know. Whatever. Nicknamed The Fort. <laughs> so, oh, no. Know. Yeah, it was definitely him. All right. You're right. Yeah. Okay, no, good. No, All right. Yeah. Him. So I, I, I remember him being on the... Uh, he was definitely a, like a, a cult hero when he was on the Pirates for a couple years yeah, there. Yeah. And I just remember him. He had, he had his one of his... His one really good year. He had, was also good. I was always a fan of his. He's kind of a... A scruffy little guy who uh, made a name for himself for a brief time there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I mean, there's all kinds of caveats too with that. It's the first thing. It's I mean, he was just filling in for somebody. It was it's preseason. People have a bunch of masks, but they don't. They didn't seem to know what was going on at the time. No, no. <laughs> he not had at a all. bunch of cool anecdotes, I guess, since he recently played, which is cool to hear. But I mean, in general, I this definitely made me miss Matt Underwood and Rick Manning. I needed one. Well, there you go. You know, I, I need to say, you know, just <laughs> well, a base hit. There, you, there it is. We've got something <laughs> cooking here. You know what? You got this. You get another hit. All of a sudden, you got the tying run at the plate. And you're like, damn right, Rick. Damn right. Here we go. <laughs> the one thing they did do uh, a lot was they just gave somebody a microphone in the stands, and then they talked to him because there was nobody – there was no fan. So it was a player like Trevor Williams talked about what he did in the offseason with Trevor Bauer pitching in the desert, and they just had – I hope this is just a regular thing more teams are planning. It's just so many player interviews during a game. Which I know that's a thing that I guess Twitter hates is like mid-game interviews with people and coaches. But it was really cool just to when there's a lull in the game just to sit and talk to a pitcher because he's right there and there's nothing else to do and he's 10 feet away from everybody. But um, I would love the Indians to do that. I want to hear Mike Clevenger talking and harassing people. Carlos Carrasco, I want to hear him talking and, and yelling no, at I people mean, and seeing peanuts being thrown. And Right. Like if, they're, if they're insightful interviews, that that I like. But like it's just the, the same bullshit that Fox trots out yeah, every, yeah. you know, like, like during the World Series and the fourth and the sixth inning, whatever it is. It was like they ask the same seven canned questions that just don't you, you don't get anything <laughs> out of. Hearing from Trevor Woods is great. Fantastic stuff. You know, you'll learn a little bit more just about like what his regimen is like. Um, I, They were talking a little bit just about makeup in general. And, the, and, and he really kind of reiterated how, I, I, you know, that's something that a lot of teams, the Indians I know are big on this, is getting guys who not so much are 
physical specimens, but are good at baseball, but also love doing it. And just how that's, that's become such a thing across really every single team. I think that has been very heavily featured, which makes sense, obviously. And, and maybe we're overblowing, I'm overblowing it now, but I'm just hearing his preparation and the number of, of just players who were just out around uh, Phoenix wanting to play bored, dicking around and they just all got together and just had fun. Like, I guess there were secret games being played. I know I'm, there were a couple articles floating around about like secret, all-star games that, that, that kind of came together with like some of our favorite players, including Corey Kluber and others that just played each other for just fun pickup games and things like that. So just hearing stories like that was a lot of fun, just them, them, how they were maintaining them being ready. That's one of the reasons why I wasn't worried about this being this wind up taking too long was these guys are ready to go pretty much like when spring training starts basically mid March and the rest of it is just hoping to find a diamond or two in the rough, I suppose, but all in all fun broadcast. They just, they, they did have that camera or the, the, the what do you call the on field guy go across the street and up the top of that building and harass <laughs> those people for a while, which was, which was pretty great. They're not, they're not ever wearing masks or anything like that. Are we just there just, just screwing around, fucking with their chips and whatnot? That was great. <laughs> Sticking his hand in there, swirling them around. It was, what do you got um, here? <laughs> Smells great. Mmm, mmm. Oh, yeah. Let me touch all your stuff. Get out of here. starts hacking all over them. <laughs> uh, it was cool, especially like they interviewed the starting pitcher, like, Right after he left, <laughs> like oh, they yeah, said, they're yeah. gonna have him soon. That was cool. I'm I'm pretty sure that's probably just a, a preseason thing. But they also interviewed somebody in what looked like a dungeon. I don't know if you saw that one. Yeah, what was with that? Just a <laughs> blank room. Like who? <laughs> it was like the back room of Mari before they announced. Like, like you know, they just showed the kid who was bad, and they'd be talking about it on the camera. It was like one of those rooms because it was just dark and a black background. Please let me out. No, turn- <laughs> <laughs> do the interview. <laughs> Um, but that was weird, but it was, it was cool at the interview the starting pitcher right after like that, right? I just wonder how much of that is preseason stuff or whether it's going to be in the regular season. I didn't know the tents were going to be a thing. I didn't even know they weren't going to have them in the dugout. I thought they were just going to keep doing that. Cause I mean, if we're being honest, if one of them has it, they're all, Oh, they're all fucked. Yeah. I, I, they're, <laughs> they're literally like right next to each other. Just keep them in. I would almost think that's more dangerous to have them going up in the stands all the time. Cause then like anybody that walks through would get something. I'd almost think it'd be better just to keep them in the dugout. And like I on mean, the field, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, if it, it, if they feel it does a little extra percentage point help, I mean that's that helps at this point. And, and at least it looks, you know, it looks better. You know, yeah, I know the yeah. Premier League's doing the same thing, where I don't think anyone is sitting actually on the like in the little dugout they have there. They're all just kind of up in the stands a little bit, just sitting here and there. And then you know, people are still coming up to them and talking to them about the game they just had and things of that nature. So it's it's a lot a lot of lip service and doing your best and things of that nature, but. I think that's the important part of it. Even like the mask too, because I don't know if, like again, if if one of them has, I don't know if a mask is going to help that much on the field. But the fact that they're wearing them and showing that, like, you can clearly wear it and survive. You're going to live wear a mask. Is I think the important thing. Like oh, I know Frazier vocally yeah, said he's going to do yard. it. Yeah. yeah, he hit a fucking bomb. Well, well, <laughs> well, masked up. So yeah, and the Indians like I, I guess it's just standard issue now to have the ones that go over your neck and up, and they all look yeah. badass doing it. Pirates had those as well too, so you know it's yeah, it's, 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 like, it's look. just like standard issue in baseball, yeah. Which is... And I know I, I tweeted about this, but I just thought it was adorable that um, all the pirates like like signs and saying make sure you clean off the phone before and after use and all that stuff is all like yeah. pirates colors. It's like yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> look, we got to stay on brand, man. Right? <laughs> yeah, might as well keep the theme going. This is you know fantastic. I'm just like this is nice. Thanks, guys. It's uh, I don't know, just a cute little swirl here they added to it all. Yeah, and then of course the Indians, their uh, post game. Shoe tap they did. That was cool. Yeah, Frank Cohn um, is saying that he's like, I can't mind. do this anymore. I'm hurt. He is falling apart. I swear to God. That man is it's just. He also didn't have his mask over his nose while they were doing it. So no, that was no, completely he ruined. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. he, he's the guy I would assume. He's He seems like the guy, the guy that would go by it like he's supposed to, but do it wrong, which is. Oh, yeah, of course. He yeah. <laughs> he's a man who knows would... how to do one thing, and, and those things yeah. are not wear a mask correctly or take care of your body <laughs> physically, apparently. <laughs> Like eat twelve scoops of ice cream before a World Series game, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah, nineteen, thirty-seven ice pops or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. <laughs> eat, eat forty-two low-calorie uh, ice cream bars <laughs> the night before a game and get a stomachache somehow. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, it was a fun broadcast. Just fun to see actual baseball played, and and I mean Zach, please Zach, man, that's our first on-field topic, and he looked really good. I mean, struck out six, no walks. I mean, it's against the Pirates, so who knows? I mean, you have to throw seventy pitches, so he's already pretty warmed up and. Um, he's facing cold hitters, so maybe that's part of it. But I mean, he looked really good. He went to the Mike Clevenger School of Everything in the offseason. That he, I mean, like, I don't know how much time he spent with Clev, but like, he's slowly turning into him, which maybe that translates on the field to throwing extremely hard, but we'll see. 
I hope so. I mean, he's, uh, you know, his velocity seemed a little bit, I know he was hitting, he hit almost 95 a couple of times, I think. I know he was up around 94 several times. Um, average was what, still just 90, no, I'm sorry, 92 and a half. So it's higher than it was last year. I think last year, I think he was under 92. And I don't know, man. I, I, turned, I turned it on like the second inning and his changeup was just working. Like it had, he kind of backed himself up on a sequence there. Like right when I turned, turned it on, because he threw a beautiful changeup, he got a swing and a miss and he placed a fastball in basically the same exact location. So he just kind of sped up the guy's, or, I don't know, whatever, whatever he would do with that. He just gave the guy the perfect pitch to hit. And um, gave up a single, but still, I don't know. His changeup is really working. His slider does not have the kind of lateral movement that one would expect. But what are you going to do? I mean, it's always been his thing, right? He's just limited in his number of pitches. Is that right? He's got they like all a fastball s- and maybe a changeup. And- they all seem very similar. Is the thing I know the curveball is slower. I think he's average. That, that's right around the eighty. But like the changeup and the slider, I literally could not tell the difference between the two of them as he was throwing them. They both seem to have the same kind of glove side and down movement but mostly down so i don't know if that's a problem or not or if it's going to trick people because the spin is different or if just the cameras couldn't figure it out but i don't know i liked what i saw he um just like last year i don't think he was getting the ball down enough if i was going to be critical in one way or the other but he did avoid the middle of the zone enough so that's a real goal right there and you just kind of expand from there i remember talking about uh aaron savali a lot last year and that was his problem as well was he threw the ball up a lot but he was a high spin rate guy so that kind of didn't matter but he again he worked the edges of the zone so okay this is a guy who we, we hope to be what the fourth best pitcher at best so if that's the case i'm feeling really good about that because he looked really really good confident strong the pitches looked not world beating but complimentary to each other and dirty at times so yeah, if you if you consider Aaron Savali even the fourth, it's going to be hard to deny Plezak as the fifth instead of Adam Plutko because we know Jeffrey Rodriguez is going to Lake County, so um, just to work out with the sixty man squad, so he's not going to be there. But I mean, it'd be really hard to convince me that putting Adam Plutko in the starting rotation is better than having Zach Plezak right now. It would have before, but it's even harder now <laughs> seeing well, that yeah. the potential improvement of him. That's the thing too. Like, like Plutko is, I mean, unless he's going to make some sort of huge change as well, he was such a known, he was the most known quantity of the, of the three fighting for the last two spots. And it's not like it's a good known quantity. It's just, we know exactly what to expect. So I would say if it's going to be your fifth guy, I go with the guy that at least has a higher ceiling and a pretty similar floor. Uh, I don't, I mean, I think my only knock on it would be, it seemed like his velocity really kind of dropped off towards the end there. There's only 70 pitches, so who knows? But uh, no, I, I would say this: he really proved himself as being the fifth best, the, the fifth starter. I, Savali, I think, has, a lot, has it locked up in the, for the four spot. So I really think this was a good. Um, and the fact that he did actually pitch, like he was picked to be the one to pitch this game as a run up to what would be end up being the fifth game of the season or whatever it is. So um, oh, I was going to say that also the, the hope is that he doesn't get as many starts as the top three. Like if he gets ten starts this season, I think I'd be, we'd be you know, maybe eleven. We'd be very happy. Yeah, and uh, somebody actually asked on Twitter. I didn't write it down because we weren't going to use it for a full question, but he had mentioned that the idea that the Indians might consider doing a four man rotation so they match up with the Twins better, and like that, or I think it was a six man to make it line up. But that sounds weird at first, but then also there's only sixty games, so I mean, like, do they do some weird stuff just to make sure they get the right pitchers against the right teams? Because like. I mean, if you consider division matchups being worth double in a normal regular season when there's only 60 games, if you can steamroll the Pirates and then get to the Twins, maybe you line up your pitchers a little bit um, for that series, acting like it's a down-the-stretch kind of thing or even heading into the playoffs every week. Um, And I guess Zach Plezak gives them even more of that flexibility. But I thought that was kind of an interesting thought that through the whole 60 games, you consider moving around your pitchers to get the right matchups for the better teams. Uh, The Indians... Maybe it's not that big of a deal because they have so many good pitchers. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like if you see the Twins coming up and you know you could use Adam Plutko to slow down the rotation a little bit so that you get uh, Carrasco, Beaver, and Clevenger right. facing him, I think maybe you do that. So that I think we could see a six-man rotation more than we think. I I, I agree. Honestly, I agree with you. I think I, I think the other way to look at it would be just the idea of the quote-unquote rotation is what we, I think we need to move away from, where it's just they have a collection of starters and they're going to start you know they will start 60 games it won't be in a one two three four five kind of situation you're right i think it'll be much more matchup based and much more uh like i was saying last week trying to get the 
the good guys up more often. Uh, like I don't, I, I think it would be nice if they could get 15 starts out of Bieber and Clevenger and Carrasco. I don't know if that's the case or if that's even, if it's even a smart idea. Um, but you know, 13 uh, would be nice. That's you know, that's six more than uh, would be if they each, if everyone got you know the, the 10 starts when we think out of a five man rotation, right? Oh, 12. Yeah. So if they get 14 starts instead <laughs> of 12, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um, that that would be the ideal. But again, like you said, if if the division races really are counting twice as much, but in this case, even more because it's a division instead of being what 19 at 162 games, it's it's two thirds of the games and 10 of those. Uh, are against the team that is going to be the the biggest you know the biggest bear that you will deal with in an effort to win the division. Those games matter more than anything else. So I, I think you're right. Trying to accurately line it up, throwing like you don't want to, I guess, lose games to the Pirates or the uh, Royals or the Tigers. But those games against the Twins carry so much weight because they're literally you know a sixth of your. Yeah, that's how math works. A sixth of your season, um, it would be like playing the Twins in a normal game in a normal season. What, like twenty times or something like that? Um, and that's huge. So each one counts. That's so much more. So you're right. It definitely would make sense for them to kind of use Plutko judiciously to balance things. And I think that's kind of where the other guys might be used as well, where we might see players like uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez come up and make a spot start, uh, things of that nature. I, I think that that. In addition to the fact of people getting COVID nineteen, um, them running guys back and forth from Lake County just to for to get an extra starter to space things out, and you know, I mean, you know, you'll you'll be burning options, but whatever, you know what I mean? Like those options would be probably burned during the season at some point anyway because of an injury or this or that other thing. So this is just a different case, is all. So you're right. I see. I see where you're coming from, and that twi- and that Twitter user was insightful and smart. Um, so I don't think uh, Bradley Zimmer did a whole lot yesterday. He was, I don't know if he played or he was quiet, but he, he did not play much. Yeah. Um, but man, he was, this whole last week has been the Bradley Zimmer week. Um, I mean, er, okay, the Yu Chan Bradley Zimmer week. But Thank you. <laughs> sorry. Can't forget <laughs> Yu Chang. I know he's there. But uh, I mean, Bradley Zimmer, man, he he completely changed his swing, apparently. He looked awful in regular spring training, by the way. Horrendous. He was, it was, it looked like it was over. But now yeah. he's, um, I don't know if he worked on it more or this is just another small stable thing, but he homered a couple times over the past week. Um, he impressed Mike Clevenger. <laughs> he said, quote, Zim looks like an avatar. He looks like an quote, avatar. He is an avatar. He is an avatar. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he quotes. said the way he changed his stance, <laughs> you just can't beat him up like you used to. We used to talk about a triple A. You used to be able to speed him all day inside with high heaters in the strike zone. But I mean, because yeah, we, we've talked about it. Bradley Zimmer is a big lanky dude and he used to have a really long swing. It led to a lot of power, but also a ton of strikeouts. And now if he's, if he's tightened that up and he can not strike out 30% of the time, I'm I've thoroughly jumped off the Bradley Zimmer hype wagon, but I'm ready to put a little hand on there and start hopping back up. I don't know because I mean, just the idea of him being so fast and also hitting home runs it just makes me all tingly. No, he's it, uh, we talked about it time and again, but one of those three guys had to become a good major league player, and the fact that it ended up being Tyler Naquin was a little disappointing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of, of, of the three, you're like ah, damn the, the one I, the one that I liked, but yeah, one of the least. To be quite honest with you. The one with the uh, lowest ceiling hit his ceiling, yeah, basically. Exactly. Yeah, he, he found that ceiling. He just stood on it. Whatever that may, if that makes any sense. Uh, no, it, you're right. If he can truly be an avatar, uh, uh avatar. I don't understand <laughs> how that makes any baseball sense. I know what he's saying is the thing. Like, I get it. Well, all right. So I he watched the avatar av- from the movie, the the James yes, Cameron avatar. I, no, yes. I know. Okay, well, <laughs> Which I is a really watched... good analogy. Like he does, he has the proportions of an avatar. I yeah, never really well, thought about I, it, but I just watched Avatar: The Last Airbender like three weeks ago, so I was like, "How in the hell is this any relation to that? Like, how is he controlling elements?" But oh, I get it now. It was a, a solid, weird thirty seconds of me reading this article. But you're right. It's <laughs> if he can, if he actually figured out a way to use those that gangliness somehow to his advantage to to not. Uh, whiff on balls up and in, then hell yeah, man. If he can turn into anything resembling a an above-average hitter, he is immediately one of the four best players on the team. Because, I mean, he covers ground uh, like... Sorry, my cat's destroying stuff. Uh, <laughs> I mean, remember in 2016, or um, when did he, like 2018, when he, whenever he came up his rookie year, he had like a 79 WRC+, plus, but he still had a 1.6 war. Right, <laughs> so, like, exactly. He's... His speed and defense is so good that if he can just do any kind of hitting, he's going to be great. And that's the thing. Like he's so so powerful. Like you, you see the home runs he's been hitting. It's not like it's they're all just like pull jobs. He has line to line power because 
gigantic. He's built like a goddamn willow tree. So he can just smack the ball wherever he wants to. And if it, like you said, if it results in him cutting that strikeout rate down and making some contact and getting some lucky hits and some strong hits and, you know, working on the walk rate as well, then awesome. I, I, you know, our, our willingness to quit on prospects who don't pan out within three or four years is, I mean, it it makes sense because it, you know, nine times out of 10, it works out, but these guys do find themselves. Yu Chang's another great example. I mean, I don't know if this is all just us ignoring the fact that the Indians pitchers cannot get anyone out, it seems like, in uh, spring training and spring training too, but I don't know. So uh, I'm incredibly excited to see that uh, he's doing that, that Chang's doing that. Chang got, you know, he had, the, he had a key hit in um, in the game yesterday on, on Saturday night, I mean. Uh, one of the hardest hit balls of the night, so that was nice too, but between him and uh, Zimmer being able to kind of turn it around, but with you know just through sheer hard work and us forgetting about them, I mean, he didn't lose talent; he was just hurt. That's the thing too. It's not like he was always bad. He got a cup of coffee, he got hurt, he got hurt again. He missed a year from surgery, and then we are where we are now. So I'm, um, it's encouraging to see. I, again, I hope it's not just the Indians pitching being bad. We'll see. Uh, I don't know where he'll end up on the lineup. I. At this point, or if he will be in the lineup, right? It's hard to see where he fits on the outfield. Well, and that's the thing too. Like we we talked time and time again about the outfield being just bereft, but at the same time, we're like we've kind of figured out who it's going to be, and there isn't a lot of room room for him. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say Oscar Mercado just blew my cap off on Saturday night. He was, you know, he covered some ground, but it's not like he hit the ball hard very much or was impressive at the plate. So if, if Bradley Zimmer can supplant him somehow, some way, but that's the thing, too, with only 60 games, we don't have time to figure that out. So it's all about finding that one or two fringe guys who are going to make the lineup. And honestly, at this point, I still think it's Chang. Um, he, got this, uh, he got to play on Saturday night, and he made a real impact. And he's been hitting just as much as Zimmer. But I mean, between the two of them, I don't know. If he, I forgot how old Zimmer. Zimmer's already 27 years old. Like, I mean, yeah, just for it's been up a while. He debuted he, late. That's part of the reason. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because again, because of surgery and things like that. But no, it's it's encouraging to see. But you just wonder if he'll actually get a shot this year to do anything. Because again, 60 games is really not that long at all. I mean, I guess it, it kind of relates because it's it has to do. The issue has come up because of the shortened season because of um, the coronavirus. But one of the things that I I, w- I just found this today. It was written three days ago by Eno Saris. It doesn't seem like it was really mentioned anywhere that it seems like it could be a big deal. But um, he wrote an article in The Athletic that was called, Will StatCast's new player tracking technology work well this year? And it's a really in-depth look into baseball is essentially switching off of TrackMan, which is radar tracking, which exactly what it sounds like. It tracks the ball, position players, everything. With um, It's actually literally military-grade radar that they reconstituted into a way to track baseballs. Um, but they're replacing it with Hawkeye, which tennis uses for the in and out calls. Yeah, and it's um, just, golf uses TrackMan, I think. I don't think they're yeah. Hawkeye, but but the big difference is Hawkeye is actually like optical tracking. It sounds way less high tech when you write it out because TrackMan's like all these radar lasers, and Hawkeye is just has a bunch of cameras, and you figure out where stuff is. But you have to put like twelve cameras around the stadium. They're all supposed to be super high um, frame rate, slow motion cameras, so it just triangulates where the balls are. The biggest advantage, obviously, you can see. Um, with radars, you can't like track the seams. You can see where the ball is. I believe you can get spin rate from it, but um, like relative spin rate. But Hawkeye, you can actually see it can calculate where the the spin rate because it can actually see the um, what did I forget the seams in the ball, and it can track uh, like limb location of players, the back axis. angle. It can track so much. Yeah, yeah the key was the, the uh, axis, being able to track yeah. axis because they want to track uh, useful spin, spin, right. spin, but being able to perceive you know, spin. Yeah, like spin that actually is making the the ball do anything is really what matters yeah but then um you know's report is basically just there's a lot of people that are doubting it's going to be any good they didn't get to do enough testing of it um they still haven't one of the biggest issues that it only tracks the the spin axis the biggest thing it was going to do with the outfield camera which according to the athletic is 30 frames per second but mlb disputed it and said <laughs> it was 100 either way that's not good <laughs> like your phone can do 240 um a slow motion camera on your phone can do 240 frames per second um, like the, the edgetronic that the Astros use went up to 850. So, I mean, the cameras they're using is not up to what they should be, apparently. No. It, it seems like a big problem. There's a lot of, um, I know when I sent you this, you said there were a bunch of good quotes, and there is, because <laughs> there were one, the quotes basically range from the first one, we're getting erroneous numbers, especially exit velocities. No, 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 no. the best quote was, There's it's another so one, bad. It's so bad, yeah. <laughs> that was That's the, the gamut of, <laughs> it's detailed scientific breakdown of why it's bad, and then there's just, <laughs> it's so bad, said another. Um 
but yeah, it just seems like it could be a big deal because if if they use it's in every stadium now. I don't know if it's still concurrent with TrackMan or if they're just using Hawkeye now. But no, yeah, they're just using Hawkeye now. Yeah, so if they're switching over to that, and how many people are just staring at baseball savant in a game, and how much they're basing off that, like teams are spending millions of dollars tracking this and using this to make big decisions. Like if this is wrong, or they have to spend more time cleaning the data and they still get wrong data out of it, this is a pretty big deal. I think for it's a setback for the direction that baseball's going and um, the direction that MLB Advanced Media is going in. If they've messed this up as bad as it seems like they might, and it just seems like a thing that I haven't seen it anywhere outside of this, but it seems like a big deal that's not getting out there a whole lot. So I work in software sales now, and I call people and I promise them this, uh, this advanced technology that'll make their entire uh, company work better, right? Is it a slow motion I, camera? No, it's something <laughs> else. Uh, but when I read the sentence, not the smooth transition they promised, I was like, oh, damn, <laughs> that, that, really, <laughs> that really cuts home right there, damn. <laughs> because, you know what, they got... They got sold a bill of goods right there, which is not to say that Hawkeye isn't bad. Like you said, it can track anywhere. It's supposed to run anywhere from 600 to 800 frames per second or whatever. And um, so here's the two best parts. One, it's only running at 30 and it doesn't work. You, it, the, the ball is spinning at what? An average 40 to 50 uh, times per second, which is not, you know, you, you get problems with that. Aliasing, I believe, is the word that, that it is, which is just... You have to start guessing, and it causes blurs, and it just you don't get any good data out of it, basically. But the fact that they were promised 100 frames per second and not 600 is the best part. It's like, yeah, it's great. 100. It's a huge number. It's twice the time. You know? You'll <laughs> That's be an extra great. zero. <laughs> this is going to be fantastic. Um, and I, even beyond that, you get things like, all right, so do you know who hit the ball the har- of anyone? On both teams yesterday, the, between the Pirates and the Indians, you hit the ball the hardest, according to StatCast? I don't know. Who was Carlos it? Santana at 120.6 miles per hour. Now, Matt, I'm going to pick a year for you. I'm going to pick 2018. How many people do you think hit the ball harder than, I'm going to say, 119 miles an hour? I'm going to guess not many. Okay, you know what? No, I'm going to say something new. Let, tell me how many people not named Giancarlo Stanton or Aaron Judge hit the ball more than 118 miles an hour. I'm going to go not even One, two, at all. Three. The answer is three. Mike Trout, Daniel Polka somehow, and Carlos Gonzalez. <laughs> what I'm saying is I just don't think that Carlos Santana, who I love, who's great and hits the ball a decent, decent, decent distance, and you know he did participate in the home run derby poorly. I just don't think like, I'm writing down home runs from last year. I'm just going to see if he shows up. Carlos, he's not even in the top whatever the hell number this is. A shitload. Um, he didn't hit the ball 115 miles an hour last year. Now, I don't know if he ran into one by accident, but I just don't think Carlos had hit the ball that hard, which just, again, goes to show you we're not seeing things that are real within this. Uh, and that's a problem because, A, we care about this stuff because we like to write about it, and it's neat to see the numbers because – a good baseball fan's a gigantic nerd who likes to look at numbers. But two, like these are actual things that the teams actually need to actually make judgments of their players and plan for things. Like these, like, are we going to re-enter a, a, the era of shitty gut plans? You know what I mean? Like, ah, my gut tells me this is a good. Idea. Like, are we? Are it we sounded going to- loud off the bat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it, we're, we're all of a sudden scouting's going to seize power once again, and it's all the. All the nerds will be kicked out of front offices because all their math will be off for the entire season. And to be fair, like this isn't the thing that TrackMan or Hawkeye is even supposed to be messing up. It's supposed to be this is it's supposed to have this down even with the low frame rate, but somehow it might be getting it wrong. Of all the things, and I mean TrackMan messed up too because I remember one time Abel Monte hit like a seven hundred foot home run. It was like the longest home run in the modern era. I wrote about that that home run twice. And both times I ignored the fact that it was probably fake because <laughs> I was like, "Hell yeah, Abe Almonte, best, strongest man in Indians history." It goes, "Almonte told me that's the list right there." And the then two thousand six, Travis right. Hafter. Yeah, after that, Travis Hafter, two thousand six, and then who gives a shit? Everyone's weak, but Abe Almonte, superstar for the future. So yeah, no, like you said, it takes some some like, calibration and stuff. But the fact that they just threw all the old shit out, they're like, no, nah, we don't need this anymore. All this old trash. And then the other part too was like it was only one camera is tracking things, like tracking the the frame rate and the spin rate and stuff like that. Rather, why is my only question? Why? 
Why only have 12 cameras? This is just more evidence of another of a multi-billion dollar organization just being so nickel and dime shitty, I guess. Like use, you know, use the resources that you're supposed to have the best possible tech. Like, no, we only need 12 cameras. Like the radar thing made sense because you only really need what four radar sensors because you're not trying to watch things, you're sensing everything moving. And that's how they worked. But if you have a camera that by its very nature needs to be looking at everything. Why limit yourself to just 12? Get 24. Get 36. I don't care. We all live in a panopticon anyway. Just add more cameras to the field. And I just and then the fact that they're just like, yeah, get over 100 frames per second or whatever. The fact that they're, they're the seemingly like the worst version of them. Like they just bought like knockoff Repsoto or Edgertronic cameras or whatever. Like, yeah, these are good enough. These are Edgefronic. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually called falcon eye cameras and oh oh yeah we got markers. the yeah man we got the new Fal- eagle eyes what yeah they're great yeah we got the new albatross skull what that doesn't even make any sense yeah they got eyes in them you know it'll be great they're cameras it's fine but yeah it's a it's a problem so we'll see i don't know i mean will the, will the numbers make already articles have been written this year too about like the numbers aren't going to make any damn sense as it is because like every there, there is no sample like the sample size isn't big enough like we're gonna we're gonna hit September I've, I was mentioning this last week we're gonna hit September and we're, and that's when like normalization points will start right like we'll have an idea of who's having a good walk rate basically by the playoffs like we'll know who's having a good season uh, and already there will be only be five teams or four teams or whatever left in baseball so. And that's almost made worse by this too, because these numbers are the ones that shouldn't need a big sample size. Like if somebody's beating the hell out of the ball, like that's just something that's happening. He's hitting the ball hundred miles per hour consistently. You don't need a million, a, a really large sample size for that. You can just see it through. These are the measurements that should be perfect for a 60 right. game season. Exactly. Like you can this see is... that his exit velocity is this, his, this is this, but if it's all off, then it's, it's all useless. Like that's the thing. Like, I remember reading those articles years ago now where like play teams like the Astros one that could, use this sort of technology to sense things like you know a, a, a small drop in the arm angle of a pitcher to know that he's already starting to lose his you know effectiveness and things of that nature and like this is where that's supposed to come into play like this the quote-unquote small sample size stuff but like the 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 in the moment sort of using something beyond just numbers the actual how the human body behaves it's kind of you know weird freak stuff and that's just out the window now if we actually can't trust any of it. So, cool stuff. It's just some nerds who are a little too antsy and it'll be fine. Who knows? I mean, you know, and that, that was how the article ended. It was like, yeah, maybe it won't be a problem. But, like, <laughs> I don't know, end. man. It seems like kind of a problem. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, whatever. Like, it's, yeah. And they like they didn't have time to calibrate it because of, you know, this whole thing going on. Uh, and uh, so they just maybe didn't have time to get it all ready. And they did mention Washington State University is, you know, huge with this kind of stuff. And they've had um, great, you know, it, it took some time to get used to it. But again, the fact that they just said, like, okay, here we go. We're using it now. Could it's fine. This old garbage. Good luck. We're, we're just going to throw this out. Should we keep that? No, fuck you. We don't need this old trash. This is filth. Track man. More like trash man. Get that. Yeah, nice. More <laughs> like trash can. There we go. All right. There you go. Perfect. That's why the Astros liked it so much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Roasted. (laughs) Got him. So every Sunday, we ask everybody on Facebook and Twitter for your questions. Uh, This week, we got some good ones. We'll start with at Rise Derek. He asked, how many games would you give Domingo Santana to produce before you go with Daniel Johnson full-time? I don't know. It's hard. I think we talked about this before. It's just hard to know, like... You've either got to make that decision really quick or don't make it and just ride it out because you can't be in the middle anywhere. And I don't even know Daniel Johnson would be the first guy up for it just because he's such an unknown. But maybe if there's several struggling, then maybe you do it. But I also hope Domingo Santana isn't in the outfield anywhere near it. Uh, so I guess we'll see. He really whiffed on a ball last night. That's for sure. <laughs> he was playing. There was a, a double off the wall that he just he just steel gloved that one, man. Ooh, baby. Uh, to answer the question, I don't know. I don't think there's a real answer to that. On, because like you said, it's just if like w- they're going to go with known quantities here. You have to really beat the piss out of the ball, like getting to this point in order to earn your place there. And I think guys like Chang have done that. And I think guys like Zimmer to maybe even a lesser degree. Well, I mean, to a, obviously actually a lesser degree. degree yeah. He hasn't hit 19 home runs in four games or whatever. Uh, so Dan Jones has been good. Uh, I, I, he had a hit on Saturday night. I don't think he's been 
good enough to talk one out of Domingo Santana, which sucks because, like, I'm not saying Domingo Santana's a bad player or anything like that, but, like... And, yeah, now, why why was he in the outfield? I like that lineup, but uh, what are you doing there, Tito? That's not a... Is that just letting Fran Mel Reyes get a little rest or something? Because I don't know if I like the idea of Domingo Santana being a consistent outfielder because it took one game to see an awful play from him, and it would not be even close to the last, I don't think. See, now, and that's a very good question. Which one do we actually want? We want... it. Like, what if uh, Domingo Santana is either going to be an all right hitter uh, and a shitty outfielder, or a pretty good, uh, you know, hitter and uh, a DH? A shitty outfielder, <laughs> um, or Fran Mil Reyes uh, hitting like he is now and then just not playing the outfield at all? I, I, I would almost kind of rather that just, just have a black hole, or just honestly replace him with Bradley Zimmer, and there we go, <laughs> taking care of business. That was easy. There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, well, all right. Well, moving on to, with our day, but I don't know. It's um. I don't know what you do is the problem because we just – he was good last year. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say he was bad, but I don't know if I'm excited about a 770 OPS from a guy who is – He's in his 30s. He strikes out a lot. So, I mean, it's it's not a great combination. God. I but. mean, he had a good barrel rate, uh, you know, pretty good, uh, you know, above average ex-woba and uh, ex-slugging, but – and he was playing in Seattle. So, maybe you can hope for the best out of that. But, just, again, I, I, we, we talked about it, like, I think, in November, but like, after they signed him back in back, – in the before, in the before time, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. You're like, what do you do? Like, what do you do? No matter what you do, the left field's going to be a goddamn mess defensively. So I guess you just have him there. I'd, I'd prefer Daniel Johnson because, again, I don't know. I just I prefer the higher ceiling, but I don't know if they have time for that. I don't think they'll have the patience for that. So, um, or thirty games. That's my other answer. Thirty games. There you go. At Richard K. Buck, he asked, "How will extra inning strategy change with the new rule?" So one of the things I was thinking of, with just to try to like think of different ways that could impact the game other than you're going to bunt more in extra inning. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I wonder if there's going to be, so like a late tied game, because I think a lot of the time defensive replacements are just these speedy guys who that's their only skill is being fast in the outfield. I wonder if you start holding them for a pinch runner. Like if you have a Greg Allen and you have Fran Mil Reyes in right field and it's a tie game, it's like 2-2 and it's going into the ninth. Do you put him in the outfield or do you hold him to pinch run like in the 10th? I think that's kind of something that might come up after. I think at first you just go with what you've always done and use him in the ninth. But I think after we see it play out a little bit and you're stuck with like your backup catcher or something as the pinch runner at second to start the extra innings, maybe you eventually consider like holding on to the speedy guy who is in the outfield. I think I, I hate the the act of the strategy of putting a guy at second, but I think there is some interesting things that could come along like that. Like it changes some game decisions and of course roster construction decisions because that might give greg allen a spot just because he can run fast and you can stick him there at the end have we gotten explanations and maybe i missed them but who is that pinch runner or who is that runner at second is it who would ever whoever would have been up first i think so maybe right like i just because here's the thing like if it's friend meal reyes i prefer him at the plate over him at second base to start an inning Right. Well, I'm saying like if you know that he's going to be the one that's on the base. Right. And so if he's you... like second or if he's – well, I see what you're saying, yeah. No, because either way, the first one would be up. So if it's – if you're replacing Fran Mill or not, he'd automatically be stuck at second. So you'd probably want to put Greg Allen there, right? Right. Well, yeah, you, you, I mean, if he, if he were to hit a double, then you would swap him out in the 10th inning. Yes, exactly. But – I don't know. Um, oh, <laughs> how, how will the strategy? How will it change? I just, I just, I, I forgot the. I didn't, I didn't really got any definitions on like how do you score that? Does he get a double automatically? So how does that he gets on? One? I, that part I do know. He gets on by error. Uh, it doesn't count as an error for the other team, but as far as the scorekeeping goes, he's on base by error. Does it benefit his on base percentage? No, it doesn't affect anything. That's stupid. It's just the guy who starts on second and he got there via error, but it doesn't count as an error for the other team. And I mean, it doesn't account like. It doesn't directly impact ERA, but it also changes the fact that a pitcher has to—I mean, pitch out of the str- or pitch out of the windup with somebody on second, and then they might—it's more pressure right away. It's—I think it does change some things that won't be reflected. All maybe that weird soft kind of won't matter, but yeah, you know, that soft stuff you don't really think about before. But it's like, huh? yeah, uh, but you know, I, I think that's that—that's those are the questions asked, and ones I don't really have an answer for is like, again, I just start an inning off, an extra inning uh, with a relief pitcher. I would much prefer. Um, you know, Ramirez or Lindor or Santana or Reyes at home plate with a chance to hit a walk-off home run over, uh, I mean, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, maybe the math actually, the math probably does make more sense to put them on that second base. So, uh, it does. It, yeah, you're right. It, it, would, it would, I don't think it, it continues to give a position to, to um, 
Greg Allen that didn't exist before. I think it just gives him more use, I guess, because he would have been put in the defensive replacement at some point. So maybe you just sit on it longer. I don't know. Maybe maybe, I mean, maybe that's the effect it would have. You're right. He you'd have to sit on that guy who you want to use an extra in uh, extra innings longer because you want to make sure you have him ready. And then you're thinking about a thing that might not happen. So. Right, and if there's a ball that's hit and Fernando Reyes just misses it and the other team scores, like that looks really bad. Right, so I mean, I guess the only time you'd really make that, I mean, the only time you're really going to put someone in for defensive reasons is if you have the lead anyway. And if you blow it, then who gives a shit? Um, But, yeah, if you're just tied, then you have him anyway. So I guess guess that's what it is. It gives guys like Greg Allen, who I think is more of a chance anyway, uh, another reason to exist. (laughs) We won't talk about that. But yeah, fast players are fun, so. Whatever gives them another chance. Speed, baby. But, yeah. Um, and then By the, last the way, one we'll do. Oh, Gerard Dyson's like 36 years old. Isn't he's that wild? Old, yes. <laughs> and he's on the Pirates now, which I thought I was weird. I could not get over that. Like, the I was like, no, the fuck he isn't. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, because the broadcast guys are actually talking about playing minor league baseball with him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So our last question we'll go with is uh, B.R. Herman. He has two questions. His first one, is there any way the Indians can collaborate with Native American tribes to respectfully and honorably represent them? While maintaining their name brand, absolutely not. <laughs> That's nope. Mm-mm. Even if you nice. find if you find the one Native American tribe who it doesn't bother, and you go to them and design a logo, it doesn't matter. There's still going to be a million, a bunch that that are. I mean, like Alex Hooper at Cleveland Baseball Insider, he went, he actually talked to like a bunch of Native American leaders, and um, some of the ones that were in. If you've ever seen a, a post from the news a few years ago about people heckling the protesters who just look like awful, terrible people. We're wearing all their chief Wahoo garbage and yelling at the the Native Americans. And then like Alex Hooper interviewed some of them and it was very clear like it's a hurtful Wahoo was a hurtful symbol. The name is hurtful the way it is. And even if you find the one group that that collaborates with you, that doesn't mean that's still okay. They're just gonna get a far it's just like the Redskins are doing, getting as far away as they can from the imagery. The Indians need to do the same when they finally go away. Because even if you don't, if you're like the tribe or whatever, people are gonna come dressed as Chief Wahoo still. But if you're the Cleveland ships or whatever <laughs> eventually it's going to get drowned out like when it's 20 years down the line and it's a cleveland ships game and some guy comes dressed as chief wahoo he's gonna get a bunch of weird looks but... cleveland shits <laughs> ships with a p i was trying to go things that float and i forgot the name of a boat I'm like screw it to the ship the carrick well you know and like the only time anything like that really works is if you like you're like florida state who is named after a specific native american tribe from that area of the country that gave their blessing and makes a ton of money off the off selling the the name and the Lexus and things like that, like at Florida State Seminoles games. So uh, I would say the one thing you could do would be to find a specific local tribe that would allow them to use their name. But even then, you're right. You're still going to be the fact of the matter is the team was named after a much more generic and uh, you know hurtful term with a very bad logo. Uh, which isn't even their worst logo in their history, which is hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah, some of the first ones are way worse. <laughs> Ooh, baby, I used to have a shirt with that. Just a huge face on that one. You have a bed shirt after a while. Um, but uh, that, you're still going to bring that up. So just, I think, the only smart move, honestly. And you know what? I understand not wanting to lose and all that stuff. I get it. I don't agree with it, but I understand where the sentiment comes from. You know, it's been the same name since... <laughs> hundred, you know, 80 years or whatever, whatever, however long before I was born. You know, a lot of people run up with it. But the only move really here is to, I don't know, I, I, I was saying this on the radio a couple weeks ago. I, I don't think any name of a team should really cause anyone consternation or if they have a favorite player on the team, suddenly they don't want to root for him for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, yeah, the only move would be, like you said, to made in the Cleveland ships. And <laughs> get as far away as possible. Can you? The Cleveland no... Scoo- yeah, just name them something completely different, completely new. You know, just uh, just ignore, don't do what the Redskins are going to do and name yourself the Warriors. Yeah, just and don't still do be that. Tangentially related, yeah, like it's just so bad. It's the it's the second worst thing that the Daniel Snyder will have done this year. And allegedly, I'm not slandering. He might sue me. Oh God! <laughs> There's a couple really good like red related names like red tails and red, red wolves i think is cool. red skins and potatoes like everyone <laughs> everyone knows it's a good everybody one clamoring for those red skin potatoes <laughs> i had some yesterday they were great let me tell you nice mashed potato leave the skins in there they're a little bit toothsome uh add for a nice uh, you know it's, it's, it's nice 
And then B.R. Herman's other question, I think, is really easy to answer. He asks, is MLB going to do right by fans and let the blackout restrictions this season? No. No. They, they like money more than they like you. Is the Don't sad you truth. realize that there was one thing. <laughs> All right. So I'm becoming increasingly convinced that the most powerful man in sports is the commissioner of the NBA. Because years ago, he placed a sleeper agent in the front office of the NHL named Gary Bettman who became commissioner and destroyed the NHL as a, as a viable uh, rival to that of the N- NBA. And I think they did it again by getting Rob Manfred in there to expertly destroy Major, Major League Baseball. They know they can't go after the king right now, NFL. Uh, they got to defeat you know college football first, if anything. That's the that's small boss really go after the big boss. But if they can dismantle the N- uh, Major League Baseball, yeah, no. It, it, oh, man. Good for them. Crafty. Crafty between uh, Stern and now Silver. They're just, they are just dismantling leagues across the country. And I'm impressed. Quite And I mean, the the alternative option is equally as funny is that everyone else is just wildly incompetent. And the NBA is the only one doing it relatively correctly. (laughs) There is that also, yes. There's a realization (laughs) that the the way to get, you know, it's like, how do we get fans though? Well, you make a thing that's worth watching and you show it to diehards. Others will come. No, no, no. Let's get you the most. Don't show it to them. <laughs> let's go after the most milk toast, flighty, ignorant fans possible that don't know anything about the game and try and draw them in while also alienating the people who will literally ignore their family to come to a game. No, no, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that one. That's great. I love it. Yeah, I'm pretty shocked that uh, if the NFL doesn't have fans and if, if San Diego, if the Chargers were still in San Diego, I'd still bet they'd be blacked out because they didn't sell at the stadium. They were so picky about that thing. <laughs> it didn't sell out. Sorry. I don't care. There's no that's fans. A, yeah. You like, yeah. How's that going to, you know what? That's a good point. How's that going to go this year for the NFL? Because no, nothing is more savage than the blackout, local blackouts for the, the NFL. I mean, I, there was a stretch of uh, two, two or three months where I don't think anyone in Oakland got to watch the Raiders game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's by far the worst. Is... Like, it's just so bad. Like, you only get one game a week. Like it's ridiculous, it's bananas, uh, ridiculous. So I, yeah, I don't um, with that, I don't, but I don't. The MLB is not any better. They care about the short term money more than building a fan base. So whatever, screw them. They're so dumb. All they want is there is is another evil billionaire owner to come in and pick up another major metropolitan team. So it really is remarkable how bad, much better it is being a fan of an out of market team when you're a baseball fan. Oh, it I can rules. just watch the Indians anywhere. Oh, I mean, yeah, MLB Network I mean, or MLB TV sucks a lot of the time, but when it works, it's so much better than having to be stuck on one cable like, TV. If I were a Nationals fan, or a, or a, um, what's the other team? The Orioles yes. fan somehow? <laughs> that other team, yeah. Um, and I didn't have cable or something like that, I just wouldn't watch any games ever. Yeah, like, that's if you're not thing. doing it legally, you just can't. Yeah, you just, I mean, but now I'm just like, I don't miss Indians games. I never have, and I've never lived anywhere near Ohio. The only time I ever <laughs> missed them was when they were playing like the White Sox or something like that, and I would just go yeah. to a game, because I lived in Chicago. They come here once a year. They're not even coming here this year. So yeah. I'm just like, this is fantastic. I can watch every single game. No one cares. My, my brother lives is a Pirates fan. He lives in Alaska. You know how often he misses a Pirates game? <laughs> Probably Basically, less when they pay- play the Indians. It's I would like, assume because- that Pirates fan in Pittsburgh can see fewer games than he can. <laughs> no, without a yeah. doubt. like He gets blacked out for Mariners games somehow. He's a thousand miles from Seattle. But he's like, yep, and Mariners The worst territory. is like New York team because there's so many squeezed in there. Because I'm a Devils fan for hockey. And I live like what you'd consider the very, very edge of their broadcast range. I am like near the Pennsylvania border of New York um, in the southern tier. Mm-hmm. And like they are on... There's several Madison Square Garden channels, which they're on. They're on like MSG plus two sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, obviously, I don't. I can't get that channel. There's physically no way I can get that channel. They're not on any other channel. If I wanted to watch them without doing it illegally, I just can't. <laughs> There's no, for 90% of their games. I can't. If the Islanders and Rangers aren't playing, maybe I can watch them. But otherwise, I just can't. I, just, I usually just do it illegally online. I can't decide which is worse. Being a baseball fan in Iowa, because then yes. you can't watch... Any team from Chicago, you can't watch the Brewers, you can't watch the Cardinals. And you're and in I, Iowa, so what else are you going to do? And you're in Iowa, what the <laughs> hell are you going to do? Or you could be a Dodgers fan in Los Angeles and be one of the 90% of people who can't get um, uh, whatever whatever sports net that was. It was not available. on Their, their channel was not available to 90% of people who lived in Los Angeles or something like that. 
They paid a billion dollars, and they just—it was just not on. The Dodgers were just not on television anywhere in Los Angeles. Bananas. Two of the best uh, examples of a well-run organization, right there. Yeah, the the two biggest mistakes I think MLB made with all this is obviously dropping the blackouts for this weird sixty-game season, and also not having a couple more day games because I mean everybody's home, nobody's Dude, going anywhere. I can't believe there's not a single goddamn day. Like, yeah, yeah, there's a couple. I, I do right? sort like, of get it because. They want the tests to come back like during the night and be in there in time, but also like teams are going to be traveling still. Just do a bunch of day games. Just do, do the it on day the opposite games. days of tests, and you're good. Yeah, I mean, ha- you, don't you need getaway get days? Like, what the hell? People really want to read. I don't know. I, I I miss them. I love day games. You know, it's like it's the best thing. It's a there's nice a background bar. noise. There's this bar here in town, and obviously they're closed, but they're going to open up their patio area for limited seating, or you can pay them four hundred dollars. For a four-hour block around a game you want to watch, and you get unlimited beer and unlimited hot dogs, and the bartender will, will sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." <laughs> That's two hundred dollars like, of the price right there. It's, I mean, damn! Yeah. I'm like, I, you, you get you get you with three friends. I mean, you can have a, just you just tear it up in an afternoon. But there's no day games. I have to go to an evening game. This is bull crap. <laughs> I gotta uh, be out at night. Screw that. This is Old. ridiculous. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna be in my footy pajamas by then. Yeah, come on. What am I Me? Pants? <laughs> after 6 p.m.? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> rules have changed after what quarantine kicked in, all right? <laughs> Me? Pants with buttons ever? Absolutely not. That but doesn't happen. Bananas. Get out of here. <laughs> Sweatpants or, or gym shorts. Hello. Oh, man. Basketball shorts. These have been a staple. They are, you know, that's the, because that's the thing. It was sweatpants basically April and May, or, uh, you know, March, April, and even into May. Yeah, that's the way um, I divide the seasons now. It's sweatpants season and but you know it's just, it's like well ooh, now I guess switch over to these or just no pants at all. So <laughs> there you very go. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Will I be going out today? No. <laughs> I did want to point out one last thing from the game on Saturday night. Oh, go ahead. Jose Ramirez hit the ball incredibly hard three t- two or three times and each time right at somebody. So I was like, yep, mid season <laughs> form. Here we yeah. go. All right. <laughs> on that note, Merritt, uh, we'll call an episode and next week. I mean. It'll be after a game, so happy last episode before the season, hopefully, maybe. <laughs> oh, man, I'm not watching baseball this year, just so you know. Don't tell any of the listeners, but I'm going to bullshit through every... Oh, no. <laughs> uh, did we stop recording? <laughs> anyway. uh, See you, man. See you.